Is there a future for search engine optimization? That's what we're going to talk about and many other things with my guest, Lee Oden, on the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz and my guest today is Lee Oden. He's a return guest. He is the author of Optimize, How to Attract and Engage More Customers by Integrating SEO social media, and content marketing. He's also the CEO of Top Rank Online Marketing, a great guy and somebody that, uh, that, that I've been bumping into for years in this blogging virtual online world, and uh, I think we, we agree about a lot of stuff. So we're just going to talk about everything we agree about today. So welcome, Lee. Uh, thanks a lot, John. Uh, it sounds like a great agenda. <laughs> so here's, you know, here's the, the, I'll get you in trouble right off the bat. Um, is there such thing as pure SEO anymore? Yeah, that's interesting. There's certainly companies or consultants selling that, but the, how applicable is that for a company to invest in just SEO? Um, interestingly, I was doing a bit of an audit with a major retail brand recently and SEO was listed as, you know, a checklist item, you know, make sure to apply SEO's best practices here as an independent activity. And of course the reality is, is you can't influence better search visibility without incorporating content and social. Um, the signals afforded to you know, search engines uh, to identify credibility, to identify popularity, and other really useful things to determine what's the best answer um, are so rich within the social web that you really can't just do standard SEO and expect to get the same kinds of results as what happened, you know, three or four years ago. Well, so flip it around then. I mean, are, can you can you then just can you leave it as, hey, if I write great content, I network out there, I, I'm on the social uh, web, I'm getting lots of plus ones, you know, is that, I mean, is that essentially now, you know, what SEO is? Uh, I mean, especially when you've got, say, WordPress that can do all the under the hood stuff for you. Yeah, that, that's a really good question. And so the, the practical matter of it is when you're in a competitive category and you really need to be dominant about something, you need to be known for something so that you can stand out. It's going to take a mix of different, you know, activities. So it's not just enough. And and I qualify this by saying, in a even a modestly competitive category, it's not enough just to throw out good content. Um, I mean, who defines what's good anyway, right? So many companies are chest beating and saying this is really good content, and of course maybe their consumers or influencers in their market don't necessarily agree. Um, so the alignment of, you know, what it is that you you are about, what problems you solve, and all that sort of thing. There's stories that you tell through content. There's, you know, uh, sort of digital assets and visual marketing flair you can add to it on the social web to promote it. But ultimately, there's got to be some keyword alignment because, you know, to shorten sales cycles, to be most effective with online marketing tactics. You want to shorten the time it takes for someone who's in a moment of need, who has trouble, you know, and they're looking for a solution to find you. 
and uh, you know probably the most effective way to do that is through search. But you know, social is an influence as well. So you've got to do all. I think you've got to do a, a mix of all. And the question is to determine for your individual company what's the right mix. So you know, two years ago, three years ago, I mean, all anybody could talk about was social media. Um, and it seems like the the we've evolved to where now what everybody's talking about is content marketing with, I think, the implication that social media is a part of that. Um, how would you define, I mean, I'm sure you have people that, you know, it's in the subtitle of your book, you write blog posts about it. I mean, I'm sure you have people that, that ask you, what the heck is content marketing? Is there a way to, to give that a nice, tidy definition? Sure. It's, what it's not is not just more content. What it is is creating content, information, or media with a particular audience in mind. And it's in, meant to solve a certain problem, a certain information problem. It's meant to inspire the reader to take a particular action. So it's not just content, it's content marketing. And marketing means accountability. You know, we're trying to influence an outcome. So content marketing is the creation of content and information uh, for a particular audience to you know, provide uh, a certain kind of, um, well, influence, I guess, um, towards a particular outcome. And and what a lot of folks are doing, especially in the SEO community, is just cranking out more content, more infographics, and more this, more that. You, um, you know, as I listen to you describe that, you know, that sounds actually like a component of strategy. Um, and, and I've really started talking about, you know, content marketing as sort of the voice of marketing strategy. It can be a lot you know, it can be a lot of other things as well, but I, I think that that's, to me, that's how you amplify, you know, marketing strategy, you know, out there in the marketplace. Yeah, absolutely. It's certainly a strategic thing, you know. When you think about our, you know, we have a company, we have a business, we sort of hypothesize that we're going to solve our world's, our, our audience's problems with, you know, our solution. So that, that ha- there are stories around that, you know. There are stories to be told that are sort of bring together, okay, our brand stands for this, and customers have these problems. What information can we provide them in an interesting or infotaining way to help them, you know, discover us and engage with it and, and ultimately come to the conclusion that we are the best answer, we're the solution that they should buy, and even refer to others. And and so content is an, a, a, plays a critical role in that. So does social, so does search, so does email, so does advertising. So I, PR. But I think... Another element, as I listened to you describe that, I think a lot of people miss is that you kind of talked about content being just, you know, what should we write today? Um, but it it sort of begs to having uh, types of content uh, that that have specific objectives, like awareness, like trust, like conversion, even. Right. Well, when you when you so so in a content marketing context, especially or in direct marketing, right? We we understand. Um, the customer journey and what that sales cycle or customer life cycle might be a life cycle, meaning, you know, awareness. In my case, I, I use, you know, this reference, but there's a lot of other versions of it. Awareness, interest, consideration, purchase, and uh, a retention and advocacy. These are all things that when we engage with a particular audience can um, result in an outcome of business value. So to create interest, to create awareness, um, to, to inspire transactions and to keep people around and practice the oldest form of advertising word of mouth, we can achieve all those things through intentional content. And, um, and, and so, 
you know, I think the different types of content definitely plays a role into achieving, satisfying the answers or satisfying the questions that our target audience has throughout that entire buying cycle. You um, have a title for a blog post that, um, uh, that I found really intriguing about a week ago. You said content isn't king, it's the kingdom. So what's the future of content? So what is the future of content, Lee? <laughs> well, um, you know, it's interesting. There's um, a lot of interesting speculation that, that happened around uh, that and, and an experiment I did. I, I, I wanted to, I was doing a presentation, I did a presentation in Minneapolis under that very heading, and uh, we'll be doing some other things around it too. But I asked people first in, in answering that, what is content anyway? And people were really fragmented about that. Some people said it was too ambiguous to define, and others said, you know, it's tactical stuff. It's, uh, it's white papers and it's text and audio like this and video and whatever. And other people, um, like, uh, Avinash Kaushik from Google said, you know, it's, it's, uh, things that inspire or the, um, the, the result in experiences, right? It's, it's the kind of things that result in moving people to take action. I thought, well, that's kind of, kind of interesting. So the future of content, I think, is more about, you know, creating experiences. Um, and, and technology plays a role there. Um, obviously mobile, uh, is, 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 uh, is a part of all of our lives and, and certainly becoming more so than desktops or even laptops um, are a part of our lives, right? Because we can do so many useful things with a mobile uh, device. From a marketing perspective, you see trends like, um, well, you know, multi-channel marketing, for example, right? The idea of marketing to different channels where our customers might be in there. In retail, it's becoming no more as omni-channel, right? How can we have a concurrent or converge media? Um, as is being advocated by Ultimate Group, this notion of how can we have a con congruent digital assets that create a common customer experience across all media and all channels, whether it's public relations, advertising, or content. And more and more companies are getting sophisticated. You know, the old brand is publisher um, and their ability to execute on that. And so I think the future lies there in this sort of omni-channel, this sort of transmedia kind of... Um, method of a brand coming up with stories and then implementing content strategy to tell those stories and actively engage with their communities and, and um, not be so salesy, <laughs> you know? What, what, what role do you think millennials are playing in, in driving that? I, I, I happen to have um, four of those um, in my uh, family, and, you know, <laughs> I see the way they consume what content, what they're interested in, um, you know, is, is – Far different than what you know, thirty, forty, fifty-year-olds are uh, are doing. I mean, and, and really, a lot of it has to do with even, you know, their relationship to it. It's it's uh, pretty fascinating. Well, if you think about a lot of millennials and even folks that are younger, um, you know, they've grown up, you know, with with technology in a way that's different than the forty to fifty-year-olds, right? And I, I think uh, it was Charlene Lee that said something about. Um, you know, social networking is like air <laughs> to to these teenagers right now because that's all that, that's all they've known. You know, and I think about my kids with uh, their experiences with Club Penguin and uh, Webkins and things like that. Where you know, my I think my one of my sons when he was eight, he's like, Dad, what's a moderator? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Well, in Club Penguin, there's a uh, someone is asking me if I want to be a moderator of a room. <laughs> Like, yeah. oh, my God, that's crazy. What were we doing when we were eight? We were playing baseball outside and all yeah, kinds so of crazy we were pulling stuff. pulling legs off of frogs or something, I think, out in the creek. 
<laughs> yeah, 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 with the daisy, the BB gun, and all that. Um, so, so I think that their relationship with technology is a bit different, and w- their expectations are different. You know, they don't want to. You know, I talk about this with search. You know, people don't expect just to find what they're looking for with search nowadays. They they expect to interact with what they find, and so uh, consumer cha- consumer behaviors and evolution of technology have changed the sort of dynamic. Uh, people are more partic- expecting participation. Um, with what they what what they're experiencing um, in the, their digital world, so as brands have to anticipate that uh, to the extent that it's true or relevant for their particular target audience, and you know, give people what they want. You know, so let's talk about search engines. Um, do you see a and, and maybe you'll say, oh no, we're way past that. Already. Do you see a point at which um, the use of search engines uh, diminishes because we become really dependent on these networks and we become uh, you know, instead of going to Google, I go to Lee and say, Lee, you know, w- what's the best source for information on X? I think that's an absolutely timely, relevant, and fantastic question because you know how when there are things that are popular, um, people things are trending, and, and there's a meme about, you know, like social media content or whatever, people tend to polarize about that. And the thing is, is that gets in the way of being really effective sometimes. Um, when you take the onus off of, you know, what's popular, what's most effective, and just put it in the shoes of the customer and understand what the customer journey is, we find that search or social or different means of discovery, information discovery can be quite varied according to industry, according to product type, uh, you know, even demographics. So here's an example. Sure, I might go to Facebook and say, hey, we're, or to you, John, on, on, on a social network or whatever, and say, hey, what's a good restaurant? And you might recommend, hey, here's a, what's a good Thai restaurant in Kansas City or somewhere? And then you tell me, here's, here's a couple of places you might worth uh, check out. Sure, some of the time I might literally just go to those places, but how do I get the information? I'm going to go search on them on Google or, or, or Bing or whatever, right? So, so there's a lot of discovery or, um, you know, the sort of popping up on the radar within social, but oftentimes people are using search then to validate what's been recommended to them. And, and, and so there's this interweaving back and forth between search and social sometimes of that customer journey as they find and collect the information and get themselves educated to the point that they can actually execute and, and uh, a transaction happens. Well, so is, I mean, to some extent, is Google trying to capture more of that journey through, like, the author authority that they're doing? And, you know, the, again, I, I think there's a lot of confusion about what that even means, but, but the fact that... That, that they are sort of scoring yeah. influence in a different way and, and turning up uh, information that's been written by you know, people like you and me in a different way to try to capture a little bit of that, hey, this is a trusted source? I think, I think they are, but you know, a company like Google is going to be driven by revenue. So what, how much of their innovation occurs because of creating you know, more opportunities to monetize versus purely just creating good user experience is is a pretty good question, I think. Um, so I think both are influences. Um, will Google be able to capture that entire journey? I think for some people, but I tell you what, when I talk to people, pretty digitally savvy people, which a lot, you know, more and more people are becoming, they don't want the personalization. There, there are many situations where they don't want the logged in, we know what you want before you know it 
experience from Google. They want, you know, they, they want to go to a Google where it's just done a fantastic job of sorting and filtering out what the best answer is for a thing without your previous search history, without your social network's influence, and so on and so forth. There are, and, and, and I talk to a lot of people who go, yeah, I use another browser, for example, just to do that kind of searching on Google, whereas I, my behavior has actually changed, where I'm doing that old-style search unfiltered, so to speak, or using traditional filters to, to the extent that's even possible. And then, you know, from a day-to-day -day standpoint, um, while I'm in logged into Google, um, I use it differently there. So, so I think it's an interesting um, effect, but I don't know that it's going to be the effect Google's looking for. Yeah, you know, and that's really interesting because I th I've heard that too. I mean, it's kind of the same. You know, it's like in your peer group, right? If you want to. You know, if you want to discover some new bands, you know, you got to get outside of your peer group because they're all listening to the same thing. The filter yeah. bubble. What, um, um, uh, one more sort of quasi-technical uh, question, and then uh, um, I'm going to end up with another uh, quote from you that I'd love you to, to uh, expand on. So, you know, it used to be there was a day when, you know, backlinks were so, so important. You know, where do they fall these days in terms of importance for, you know, this whole idea of, of you know, the content, SEO, social um, combination? Well, I think link, links are an indication. Uh, uh, they are a signal. And, you know, it's funny. I, I did a presentation in Minneapolis with a gal named Jill Whelan, um, who's a, a long, long, yeah, long-time yeah. SEO person. And my my presentation was called "How to Ungoogle Your Online Marketing." <laughs> I mean, you know, imagine this is you know 2007, oh, wow. I think, and uh, it would be a really relevant topic now too. But you know, how to how to don't, just don't worry so much yeah. about those sorts of things. And the irony, of course, is that if you do those things, you'll often get better search results, uh, search performance, or visibility in in, in search engines because you're not trying so hard to gain things. So I think links are important. And the, the context that links are important or citations are important from a public relations standpoint, you know, um, manufacturing links, directory links, social profiles, and all that crap that people have done in the past um, obviously is, is filtered out. So it's kind of a waste of time. But when a credible source links to you, that's a beautiful thing because it sends traffic. And, and the context is, uh, provides a great experience for the user. They read about something, it links to another resource, they dig into that resource, and wow, look, they can go act on it. That, that's good for everybody. Everybody wins in a situation like All that. Right, I want to end up with um, a quote that uh, I'd love to hear you expand on. The best investment you can make in marketing is the quality and experience of your product. I don't hear enough people saying that right now. Yeah, well, you know the the drive, the the push to revenue, um, for for and growth is so strong for so many companies. The idea of, you know, diverting some of those funds into product quality or the experience of the product is uh, maybe too much of a leap of faith, <laughs> you know. But um, I, of course, it doesn't work in a vacuum to have the greatest right. product. Uh, you've got to tell the stories. You've got to promote it. And so, when you have a really fantastic product, um, you know, then social will work better for you. Your marketing will work better for you. And and I think I don't know who said it, but you know, the idea that you know social media doesn't solve um, 
broken product problems, right? I mean, it's not going to solve your problems if your product isn't awesome. So it, it's just really a, a, a iteration of that whole well, idea. And I, in, in, and, in uh, my last book, or second to last book, I guess, the referral engine, I mean, that was really one of the big premises of, of obviously the referral being kind of the, the ultimate you know, goal with all of your marketing, that, that if we spent more time on, on lead conversion and on, on customer experience, we wouldn't have to lead generate again. Exactly. That's really what you're getting at. Lee, it is always great to catch up with you. I feel like we could, this flew by, and I feel like we could chat for hours about this uh, fascinating, evolving, fun stuff. And I, I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll <laughs> catch up with you uh, out there on the road. Any, any projects, anything you're working on that you want to tell people about? Well, um, the next couple of events I'm doing are public relations, uh, this sort of convergence of public relations and marketing-focused and so, you know, just watch um, marketingblog.com for, you know, more posts about that. And I'm kind of excited. We're doing a uh, future of content marketing ebook with uh, for uh, for content marketing world, which is a conference coming yeah. up in September. Yeah, so I, um, I was, was a couple of things. asked to do that, and I was already booked. I was kind of bummed because they're doing a couple pre pre conference. Oh no. Things and one I'm focused on small business and I, I've really you know we I, Joe and I've missed the last three years I think because I don't know that you know September's oh a, as you know is a pretty big speaking month so um, yeah just, uh, keep missing because I really just keep hearing great things about that conference yeah actually I recently became a CMI consultant so um, been helping them out uh, doing some just yeah. strategy. Uh, for yeah. for brands, and that's been a really amazing experience to get work to work with people like Jay Bear or or Robert Rose or Joe Paluzzi or Ardeth Albi is amazing to me. So um, yeah, some cool stuff there. I'm sure we'll bump into you uh, somewhere out there. And thanks so much for your time, Lee. Thank you, John. Appreciate it.